Welcome back, everyone, to uh, The Numbers Don't Lie, where we dig into the uh, the numbers and the data behind the politicking around these uh, coming up national elections. And as usual, in studio, I've got with me Paul Berkowitz, the director of EDGES. And also in studio with us today, we've got senior journalist at the Sowetan, Pen Walter Lamini. Um, we're going to be talking about Alex as a specific example today. Um, as you know, since the beginning of this month, we, there's uh, been a number of protests in Alex, uh, not to mention other parts in the country, but we'll go going to be digging into Alex as a Pacific example. The, the grievances in Alex really are about uh, sustainable human settlements, uh, overcrowding, healthcare and social services, improved safety and security, um, and just generally the precision, uh, provision of basic services. Um, there was, uh, I mean, this kind of issue in Alex has been going on for, for decades. Um, it's been a, quite a political issue since at least 2001 where they where they launched the, um, the Alex renewal projects. Um, Penwell, maybe you just want to lace out a little bit further for us the the context of Alex, what's what's happening there in the last few, few weeks? There's been protests. The protests were planned uh, uh, extensively. I'm, I'm, I must admit, because I knew before the day that that the protests were going to happen. I knew where where, where they were going to happen. They were organised by by the residents. Unfortunately, within an environment, these were lead were lead political leaders, the members of the ANC, and some of them were unashamed to to say so. So there were the expectations was that you have a one day shutdown and ultimately you would get the attention they would then get the attention of the mayor then that did not work they did shut down the township but the the, the they did not they were not able to 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 bring the mayor then that frustration then got elongated as, as and and because they felt nobody takes them serious they went to the region e the city has a an office it's in Sentin. they said okay let's take a, a memorial of understanding. Maybe the mayor is scared to come to Alex. Let's take it to Sentin. We'll bring a memorandum. Can you come and fetch the memo? The mayor sent an, a, 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 a one of his a, MMC, 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 Michael's son, who then, who they felt insulted. They said, we wanted you. And then, then the provincial government then sent, uh, on another day, then sent other, other uh, uh, the premier came and, and fetched the memo. Now, then tensions between the Alex, the residents themselves, and Specifically, this the city, the city mayor, then just just reached their all-time low. So the question I would have is, um, who's really to blame? I mean, who's not doing their job? I mean, at this at this point, I mean, this is a personal viewpoint, but I mean, at this stage of the game, it doesn't really whether it's the DA, ANC, EFF, whoever the, whoever the case might be responsible for that ward or the broader area, they have the they they all have the same job to do. Um, the same, yeah. the same, the same concerns that the residents have around service to deliver. They all have the same job to do. So, does it actually matter who they vote for? If they've been voting for ANC and Paul, Paul, dive, dive in here a little bit. How should they be voting, and should would their change vote actually make a difference, Paul? So the the summary of the story of Alex in, in terms of uh, the political affiliations, Scott, is that the five or six wards that make up Alex have been strongly ANC for quite a while. If I look at the most recent elections, the 2014, the last national provincial elections, and then the most recent 2016 municipal elections, in 2014, the five or six wards there voted for ANC 
um, and I think the the range was broadly between 65 and about 75 percent. So the vote for the ANC was above the ANC's national average, above definitely above what um, I, the support the party got provincially or in the municipality. Well, since 2014, the EFF has been introduced into the mix, and the EFF has taken about 20% of the vote. So, if anything, those high numbers for the ANC were even higher going back before 2014 when the, the party didn't have to face the EFF. The DA has about 5, 6, 7, 8% in those wards. And, yeah, that's that's been the story. To To the other question of who's responsible and what can happen, my take on things is that ward councillors in reality don't have a lot of power. Most of the decisions when it comes to money and finance are decided by the MMCs and the the, uh, metro councils and the municipal councillors. And most of the time, it's the PR councillors, the the politicians that are on the lists that get more power and get to get the more important positions. Very seldom does a ward councillor get promoted to mayor or speaker or a member of the MMC when it comes to the metros. And because of how the IDP process works and, uh, you know, residents of a ward will come to their ward council and say we need these goods we need well we need these services we need basic services we need lighting storm drains um, safety infrastructure whatever it is that would get taken to the budget but a lot of the time there's a disconnect between what people want what they bring to the ward councillors and then what the ward councillor is able to achieve in terms of the bigger budget I mean, Penwell, the the concern I'm having here is like, who's there seems to be a contestant contestation in terms of who's actually responsible, um, whether it's provincial level, ward level, uh, you know, regardless of politics. I mean, it, it it depends on on the particular issue. There's there's sort of there's a ball being bad being bad back and forth around who's actually responsible for that particular issue that the, the residents have have grievances about. With Alex, it's, it's a very unique situation. In Alex, yes, the previous government, the ANC-led government, uh, did not do well in Alex long before the DA could take over. But then one of the restraints that came, it came very late uh, in, during the administration of the ANC when the 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 property owners in, in Alex secured a court interdict, which was very crucial because it was stopping development in the township. Now, that, that court interdict so allowed the, the city to have, to, to have sort of very small development in the area, which, which could not have an impact uh, that, 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 that could be desired. Now, as things stands now, the city, there are aspects of the, the complaints that rest within human settlement, which is provincial government. Then there are aspects of 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 the concerns that rest with the with with the city. But to be obvious, refuse collection, which is a serious issue in Alex. If you if you would look at the Sowetan today, it was just there. There was a picture that was in the Sowetan on Monday. It, 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 it just shows you how worse the situation is. The city has an obligation to fulfill the mandate. But what has happened in the last six months is that the relationship between the provincial government, human settlement, and COCTA, which is which has a, a, a direct relationship with the city, got 
to their lowest point. So some of the in, some of the things that provincial government would would have picked and responded to, and probably even supported the city of Joburg, could not be done. So hence you have this. So it's difficult to say who is responsible, but there are. It depends which issue are you looking at, and then and then as, as a particular sphere of government would be responsible for them. But as things stand, they are. They are they are all responsible. All the three spheres of government should 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 take responsibility. I suppose that makes a difficult voting decision <laughs> on the on any resident in Alex. There it does, Scott. And and uh, Penwell's quite right in that you can talk about on paper there's three spheres of government: national, provincial, local, and they've got different capabilities and different responsibilities. But a metro and Joburg in particular is probably definitely the biggest in terms of population and the richest and and arguably with the most capacity, the metro has got different has got additional capabilities and additional responsibilities. Everything as beyond water, uh, sanitation, refuse removal, and electricity. Things like metro police, metro fire departments, and a, a bigger developmental mandate. And. I agree with Penwell. I can only think, I actually live quite close to Alex, about um, one or two wards south, within two kilometers, and I live on Louis Buerta. That was designated by the previous mayor, Mayor Parks Tau, an ANC man, as one of the corridors of freedom. So there's been a lot of construction of the rear via. It's not even nearly finished because it's a long stretch of road, and um, some of the work there was quite complicated, and there were residents' complaints. But all these different bits of infrastructure, Alex hasn't really been tackled or uh, supported the way, for example, Soweto has. And and uh, Penwell can correct me because I'm coming in sort of with a bird's eye view, but it's almost as if Alex has been the poor cousin that over the last 20, 25 years, a lot of money and a lot of attention has been on Soweto, which is arguably about 10 times bigger in terms of population, one and a half million people as opposed to a couple of hundred thousand. It's still significant, obviously, but there's a rash in some ways, a bit narrow and, and not to be defended too much, but there's a, a rational, there was a rational approach to develop Soweto, not overlooking the fact that there is evidence of um, maladministration and corruption and mismanagement of funds and resources that were earmarked for Alex. And then for the DA to come in to kind of again maybe to ignore Alex or not prioritize it because there were other pressing things or maybe you know fewer constituents than in Soweto. Mm-hmm. So I know we don't we don't do predictions on this show, but uh, mm. but uh, I want to kind of look. What does it actually? What do you think is going to come out of the, the, the these elections coming up? I mean, one other uh, independent uh, data analyst said um, that the protests appear to be doing two things: driving the minority vote, which has been won over by the ANC, back to the DA, or um, having effect of the undecided black vote taken away from the ANC, which may, may explain the EFF's uh, sort of growing popularity there. But The EFF's comments were actually yeah. very interesting. Malema's comments at the press conference last week, he laid the blame squarely at the ANC. He almost exculpated the, the DA and said that these were problems of, of long-term standing. He didn't you know, he, he did. There were one or two negative comments about the DA, but most of it was reserved for the ANC. And you know, the, the metro is still a DAFF-led coalition. The relations between the two parties in the metro here are still quite good. Penwell, maybe you want to dive in here. So my my concern here is again, I, th- I think that about this uh, probably a little bit too much. But I mean, again, 
regardless of where the vote goes, I mean, if you're a resident in a particular area, and that's part of democracy, if the service delivery isn't isn't up to scratch, yes, you can change your vote and have another party come in, come in forth. But if whichever party is in is in is in the office at the time still doesn't deliver the services that you need, at what point do you start losing faith in democracy? At what point do you say, well, this isn't working for us anyway, and uh, you know, it's, it's sort of your power to vote gets dissolved in some way? The, the South African vote, voter has been the most probably unique, even globally. Uh, I'll make a simplest example. In in one of the elections, the then Premier Novela Mukwege went to Pakistan. And they threw a stone on, on, on head, or, you know. So it was just before elections, and so we were as natural journalists. We check what is happening, what happened there, and they still still got well in that in, the, in that situation. I, I, I think the, 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 it's a challenge. If one, it's new for our democracy in 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 Gauteng to have two different spheres of of government ruled by different political parties. It's new, and I think it, it's become difficult. But the, the situation is that in, in, in these townships, these old townships, people have, would v- protest, they would swear at the mayor, swear at the premier, come after elections, come election day, you go and check the stats. The ANC still has what I would call a comfortable lead. There would not be a substantial uh, a, a move, swing from, from one party uh, to another. One concern I would have in this current volatile situation with, with Alex is is also how the response that the governing party in the city has has I, I don't think they responded they responded tactically i think they were just reacting uh, uh, and and there was no strategy behind how they respond to the protest they're just shifting blame while the, the reasons under uh, that are underpinning the protest were genuine some of them were genuine uh, can't disagree with anything Penwell said. The one thing which is interesting in terms of the numbers and the data side of things, comparing 2014 to 2016, the three parties that take most of the vote, the order is quite clear. The ANC are in first place in Alex, whether you compare 2014 to 2016. The EFF is second. The DA is third. And between them, they have most of the vote. But in 2016, in the municipal elections, the ANC got less of the vote and the EFF got more. And the DA might have got a little bit more. And that's mostly of a function, uh, as a, is a result of ANC voters not turning out in such big numbers. That's consistent with the general trends and differences between a national provincial election and a municipal election. In general, opposition parties, the DA historically mostly, have done well and the ANC has done less well compared to national provincial because of ANC turnout. And that's that's the historical trend. We've said that a lot. It may change this election. It may not. But if we look forward a little bit to 2021, there is a good chance if we compare to what happened in 2016. Let me give the numbers because that might give some more context. We said in 2014 the ANC would win those wards with 60, 65, even 75. And the EFF would get about 15 to 20. But in 2016, in some of those wards, the EFF support increased even up to 25%. And the ANC support fell close to 60. In one or two wards, it might have been in the high 50s. So suddenly that... Um, majority starts to look a bit less comfortable. There is an outside chance, and we will see. There's a lot of things that have to happen between now and 2021. Um, and what happens at the ward level in next month isn't going to make a difference to who runs the metro. But 
there's a chance that one or two of those wards will be run very close between the ANC and the EFF in 2021. Okay, great. Well, Ben, any closing comments in terms of what you see might come? I mean, again, we're using Alex as a specific example, but I think this example can be applied to numerous areas in South Africa. Um, I don't know if we if we actually are going to see a change in our voting behaviors this in this uh, in these elections around it or not. I, I, I think the, 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 there are certain areas in the country where we could see some shifts fundamentally, where the ANC not only did bad, but even when it had identified the people that are causing uh, uh, the decline, it didn't respond well. Uh, I think the ANC has tried its best to, using Ramaphosa as the, as the face of the campaign, to, to suggest to the to the whole nation that no we we, we understand what you've done uh, and and we we, we are fixing it uh, so there will be different spaces where we can count them specifically where Alex is based is probably the most contested province in the country and I, I, I we, we, it should be very interesting for the specifically for the day how it's going to perform now that Ramaphosa was considered to be favoring the black middle class has has, is leading the party. My my biggest indicator, I would be focusing on, on the DA, how it would perform in these elections. It, it, it should be a very interesting outcome. Okay, interesting. Paul, do you have any closing remarks? Yeah, just uh, I think what Peno has highlighted is that we have to be smart and, and work a bit harder when it comes to analyzing area by area. Even just looking at 2016, for example, the wards of Soweto were not like the wards of Mamelodi. Right? The ANC did worse than the ETA did a little bit better in Swane than it did in Joburg. And one of the, the reasons was because the ANC tried to promote Toko Didiza as a mayoral candidate and the people were very unhappy. So it's uh, it's incumbent on us. We respond but we must, it's important to look at these things area by area. We can compare Alex to other areas, but there's probably some unique things. As as Penwell says, it's an old established township, one of the oldest in Gauteng, um, still with a very loyal base. There'd have to be a big drop in turn of, in turnout there for the ANC to really be threatened. From my perspective, you know, to uh, to, to the Premier's credit, David Mercurio's credit, he actually came and he said he, he, he kind of raised the bar a little bit higher in the sense of he didn't... He, little bit higher than the politicking, a little bit higher than the blame game. He did say, look, these are serious problems. Regardless what party is in place, it's the same problem to solve. Um, and I think uh, what I'd like to start seeing in South Africa is a little more, a little less of the politicking, a little more of so- problem solving. I mean, you know, governance by ideology is probably a never a good, a great idea. I mean, governance, and from from my perspective, I mean, you can slap me if you want to, but uh, it's more of a problem solving uh, exercise. It's really, you've got some You've got pretty specific mandates. Um, you have pretty specific jobs to do, and I'd rather see those those jobs being done first before you put layers on top of that around you know around how to structure society as a broader whole. Um, but yeah, um, to closing off on that, uh, thanks thanks for the guys that come through. I'm Scott Peter Smith, your your host, and um, yeah, another interesting interesting conversation. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Final Take, a multimedia live production from the Tissot Blackstock Group, publishers of the Sunday Times, Business Day, and Financial Mail.